vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for, for music, music teachers. teachers. You're listening to the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and today we're talking about transfer students. teachers welcome back today on the show we're doing something a little bit different what i'm sharing with you is actually a recording of one of our youtube lives i've taken out just the main topic from this youtube live and edited a bit for the podcast here it was called eight checkpoints for transfer music students so that's what this episode is called but it has been edited a little bit more for the podcast if you want to see the original video of course you can look up that title on youtube as well But if you're an audio fan, which I'm assuming you are, just keep listening in so that you don't miss out on that great session. I have eight different checkpoints to share with you about your transfer students. And I actually have one bonus one at the end as well. So these eight checkpoints are things that I think every teacher should make sure of when they take on a student that has started elsewhere. And these are all things that it is so easy to assume a student already knows or has in place and they can come back and bite you big time later. So as we go through these, let me know if one of these resonates with you. If you've forgotten to check this, didn't know you should check it before and have realized way later that you should have made sure about this. Number one is that their parent knows about practice generally. Do you check this with all your transfer students? I know I used not to. And I don't just mean that their parents know that they should practice, although that's important as well. But I mean any education that you would normally do with a new parent, assume it hasn't happened, honestly. Because it might have, it might not have, it might have happened differently. Like their old teacher might have insisted on a timer and you hate timers. Or the opposite. I'm not here to pass judgment about what you expect from your students in terms of practice, but you need to make sure the parent knows that. For me, it's a big one to make sure they understand that they should be involved in practice. That was often missing in their previous teacher, like that they were quite hands-off about it, even with the young student. And I make sure the parent knows, okay, this is how we do things. It's no judgment on the previous teacher. It's just, this is how we do things here. This is what I recommend. Here's how you get it started. I'm here if you need help, etc. Checkpoint number two on your list is related. It's the home instrument. Do you make sure that your transfer students have an appropriate home instrument? Many teachers forget to do this even with new students, but even more will forget to do it with transfer students. I've heard this story many times. They take on a student who's been learning for three years, so they don't ask them about their home instrument, and two more years into study, they suddenly have an online lesson with them or some other circumstance happens where they see the home instrument and it is a heap of junk. It's a keyboard sitting on a dining room table or some other inappropriate home instrument situation. Maybe they don't even have one if they didn't know about practice before. So make sure you check it just like you would with any new student. I make all my new students, including transfers, take a photo at home of them showing me their piano posture after the first lesson. This lets me double check that even though the parent described the instrument to me and I've checked with them, that it definitely is right and that they knew what they were talking about. Not that they were intentionally trying to lie to me, I don't ever believe that, but sometimes they don't know what they don't know. So they will insist that it is a digital piano 
but it actually isn't. It just is like a really junky fake digital piano because it's on like a furniture stand, but it's actually not any good. Weird things can happen. So you have to make sure the home instrument is correct and supplement to that kind of 2B is that they have a proper stool or seat of some description that is appropriate to sit on that's at the right height. Don't assume any of that is in place. Number three is again related and that's the basic posture. So now we're dealing with the first lesson and this is where you want to make sure that your transfer student knows the basics about sitting properly, about setting up their bench, about the distance they should be away from the piano. Again, basically teach them this as if they were a new student. And you can do this without it coming across like you think they're a beginner. You can just say, okay, so at the start of every lesson, we set up like this to make sure everything's correct for lessons. And do it alongside them. So it's just like a warm-up lesson routine and it's what you do. And you make sure that they understand that and how to set it up at home. And again, ideally get them to take a photo at home so that they actually follow through with it. <laughs> and so that you can see that home instrument. Number four is non-legato and arm weight. So you can be quite sneaky about this. You can teach your student, your new student who's a transfer, a rope piece. A piece that they learn from demonstration. And while they're learning that... Make sure they're playing it with good non-legato, arm weight, moving freely, all the technique things you're looking for. You can check all of these things without having to ask them whether they know what non-legato is. I don't care if they know the word, honestly, but I do care if they can play that way or not. So I do that by playing a rope piece with them or doing a improv where it clearly needs to be non-legato. The next one is keyboard geography. Again, I can pick all this up while we're doing our rope piece because I can deliberately not really show them where I'm starting and say, okay, it starts with one on D and in the left hand, five on A or whatever. And I can just make a note, watch carefully and observe whether they jump straight to those keys or whether it takes them a sec or whether they really can't find the right key at all. That is a big one. Keyboard geography is not taught properly. I found this to be the case in a lot of different places. Again, this is not about casting judgment on the previous teacher, okay? So I'm not here to say, oh, the teacher was useless. They didn't teach keyboard geography. But this student is now our responsibility. So no matter what they were taught, it's our responsibility to figure out what they need to know and what you need to reinforce with them. And if they don't know keyboard geography properly, if they can't find the correct keys on the piano, you are in trouble. <laughs> And it doesn't matter how well the previous teacher taught it to them. You need to find a way to teach it to them yourself because otherwise you're going to be stuck. Number six is rhythm reading. So this is one where you can do something like Rhythm Railroad that we did in the warm-up today. Use that to figure out whether they can actually read the rhythm. Or you can play a rhythm reading game like all the different ones we have inside Vibrant Music Teaching. And this doesn't have to feel like a test at all. And you don't have to check that they know the right terms. I'm not interested in that either. If they learn them as ta and ti, or if they learn Gordon rhythm syllable systems, or if they learned tacademy or fruit rhythms, or counting, or crotches and minims, or quarter notes and eighth notes. I don't care. <laughs> what I care about is can they perform a simple rhythm that they should be able to at their level? 
And to do that, you can easily do something like Rhythm Railroad or one of the games, as I said, because they don't know that they're supposed to know this particular thing. You can kind of gloss over that and just be observing them. And you can do it alongside them and they can kind of absorb it from you as well. Number seven is intervallic reading. So now we're getting into something that you might have thought would come at the beginning of this list, which is checking their sight reading. Now, you don't even have to test, again, whether they know the word interval or do any interval flashcards or anything like that. If you give them a piece of sight reading that is maybe not in whatever position they used in their method book, so you do need to know what they were using before, but if they, for example, used a middle C position method book to start and you know that, give them something that's in a different spot and give them the starting note if they need it, no problem. But hope that they can read the seconds and, and thirds or steps and skips from there. And if they can't, again, you're noting that, you're not judging them, you're not saying, are you, you don't know, right? You're not going to be mean, but you are just going to notice what they can and can't do there. Number eight is my final official one, and that is pitch awareness. And I would do this with oral echoes. So you play something on the three black keys, they have to play it back to you. This is something that may not have been taught at all and may still be absolutely fine with your transfer. But if they cannot repeat simple patterns back to you, you want to be aware of that and start to work on pitch with them and their ear training. And my little bonus one is terms and note names and music theory kind of details, especially terms for stuff. This is a bonus one because I believe you should delay this until a later lesson. I don't think you should cover it the first lesson. It's not the first thing I would check. It's something you gradually want to discover and notice, but it doesn't have to happen right, in, right away because they can pick up turns almost by absorbing them from you, right? By osmosis. Even if they don't know the words crotches and minims, which we use here in Ireland, if I say them enough, they're going to pick that up if they understood the note values already. But if it's the understanding, which are in those first eight things, that I want to get first. So let me know what you check with transfer students. If you, there's one of these you hadn't thought of before, if there's one of these that has caught you out and now you always think about it, I would love to hear. It's me, Podcast Nicola, back here again. I hope you enjoyed that little exploration of transfer music students. If you do want to catch the live YouTube show, at the moment it's on every Wednesday afternoon Irish time, which is Wednesday morning in the US and probably too late in Australia, New Zealand, Asia. So I would love to see you there sometime, but in the meantime, I'm sure you enjoyed listening to it on the show here. If you do have any thoughts on today's podcast episode, I would love to hear from you on Instagram. Shoot me a private message over there or comment on one of our posts to connect with me. One of the awesome benefits for Vibrant Music Teaching members is that they get an exclusive member magazine every month. This magazine brings together our blog articles in a way that is digestible and super actionable. If you want to become a member and get the magazine as well as all the other benefits, you can go to vmt.ninja to sign up.